Welcome back to Let's Get Haunted with your hosts, Nat Strong and Allie Terry. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 guys. Episode 37. You guys are in for such a treat because do you know what we're about to do as soon as I pull up the email? You guys, we got our very first sponsor and you better go support the shit out of this company because nobody has ever taken a chance on us before (laughs) until now. That's not true. We've had a lot of brands take chances on us and the majority of those times it turns out poorly. Yes, correct. So we're just really grateful to Honeybolt, Natalia. Do you want to tell our listeners what Honeybolt is? This episode of Let's Get Haunted is brought to you by Honeybolt CBD. Woo! I personally love Honeybolt. I use this all the time on my neck because I have fucked up muscles. <laughs> and if you haven't tried CBD muscle rub, it's like I can't live my life without it. I've used so many different CBD products uh, to like to help me fall asleep and help mm-hmm. with anxiety and all those things. And I, I really, really, really like the muscle rub. They also have a ton of different products and they're a family run business who have been in the CBD game forever. All of Honeybolt's products are organic and they're third party lab tested. They're full spectrum and made right in the USA, which is where we are. So I can say right here in the USA. <laughs> Let's get Haunter listeners get 30% off of their first order. Wait, what? That's really, that's a, that's a great deal. Their first order. Yes. Why? Um, because we're the fucking shit. Use code <laughs> haunted. H A U N T E D. Haunted. <laughs> it can be used site wide for CBD vape pens, hemp flower, sports bomb, tinctures, gummies, and even dog treats. Whoa. Whoa. And right now, they're giving away free CBD face masks with every order until quarantine is over. That's That's amazing. So check out Honeybolt CBD at www.honeybolt.com. And don't forget to use the promo code HAUNTED to get that 30% off. That's www.honeybolt.com. H-O-N-E-Y-B-O-L-T. HAUNTED is the code it might be all caps. I think it's all caps. Guys, what the fuck? Yeah, this that's is a, amazing. That's really cool. I want to wear a CBD mask. That's very fitting for us to have like our first official ad be like marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, as somebody who has worked in hemp fields, I'm very excited that we're being sponsored not only by a CBD company for this episode, but also a CBD company in the USA because I work on American farms and I just feel like it's very fitting. It's very on brand for us as people who have anxiety um, and as people who appreciate agriculture. I thought that this was really fitting and great. So thank you so much to Honeybolt for giving us a chance. And if you guys use CBD or are interested in CBD, definitely go check them out. It helps out the show and helps out American farmers. And I think that that's great. Since this can be considered a medicine, we do have to put a disclaimer in here. If you have any conditions or have never used CBD before and are nervous about it, definitely talk to your primary care physician before using any sort of drug. I mean, that would go for things as simple as Tylenol. So just have to add that in there. But as someone who has many medical problems, I use um, CBD on occasion to help with sleep. And I've never had anything bad happen to me. But definitely talk to your doctor if you're concerned about it. Yeah, no, definitely talk to your doctor. Side note, I had this psychiatrist in college 
and I he I asked him if it was okay that I did uh, that I was going to do mushrooms and he was like no I absolutely don't think you should do mushrooms it can lead to psychosis it can aggravate all kinds of you know any sort of like depression you have going on or anything else and I was like really because like I feel like actually it's fine and he was like no don't do that and I was like well according to the internet it's just a plant according to (laughs) reddit.com and I was like and actually studies have shown that they use it to help treat depression and he was like Natalia do not take mushrooms and, and then, then I did, did it anyway. yeah, I was gonna say. And then, did you follow his advice? No, <laughs> yeah. And you're fine. Look at you now. I'm fine. Yeah. Look at me. I have a ad read on my podcast about ghosts. I know. I'm so excited. I love. I. Anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that I've bitched about people that don't understand hemp and CBD before, and I'm just really excited. I feel like this is like an awesome first sponsor, and we've actually, you know, we joke around and we say like, for you know, thank you to this company for taking a chance on us. But as you pointed out, Natalia, we've had people reach out asking to sponsor us, and it just hasn't felt like a good fit, like some of the ads and companies that have approached us, but this definitely felt like an authentic and good fit for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that they're giving 30% off to our listeners. Um, a free CBD face mask? Ex- excuse it. me. Yeah. I've been trying to do more face masks since we're all quarantined. Try and take advantage of this time to get good skin, which isn't going to happen. But, you know, a girl can dream. Wait. It's a, one of those face masks, like the thing that's good for your skin. I was imagining the thing that covers your mouth and nose. No, no. It's like a thing that's good for your skin. I, I've used hemp face masks before. I've never used Honey Bolt's CBD face mask, but I have used hemp face masks before and they're really nice. Oh. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. There's two different kinds of face masks in the quarantine. Right? I, yeah, yeah. All right, um, guys. Basically, 420 blaze it 69% of the time. 69% of the time, CBD works every time. So let us know if you try it. And let us know if you try it. And we also want to thank our donors. Um, yes, we do. We have Ella P., Kinsley M., Bridget G., Lauren B., Anna L., Lauren D., Daniel G., Marco M., and Ephraim P. Hell awesome. yeah. We love you guys. Thank you so much. The show is not possible without you. I have some to add. We have Preston G., Ma- Ma- Mathan. Nathan B. Maybe it's Nathan. Maybe I wrote that down. Either way, Nathan <laughs> B. Nathan B. Daniel G. Christina T. And Brielle S. Hell yeah! Thank you guys so much. Hey guys. We, as Natalia and I have discussed before, most of the time this podcast is in the red. And so any amount of donorship or sponsorship that we can get, we really greatly appreciate. And we don't take you guys for granted at all. And we're excited to keep bringing you more haunting during this quarantine. So this is our third quarantine episode. Natalia, how's your quarantine going so far? I know last time you said it was going well. Is it still going well? It's going so well. Like, I, well, I overdrafted my ba- my checking account by a thousand dollars the other day. That's scary. But honestly, yeah. Well, I just got a horse, so you know. But um, honestly, I like w- I saw it more as just like a moment of excitement because I was like, oh my god, I'm spending a thousand dollars. Like, look at my lifestyle. Wow. That's you know what I admire your positivity, Natalia. I think you've reached just levels of like I don't give yeah. a fuck. I've made it. When I can overdraft my checking account by $1,000, it used to be like, oh, I overdrafted by like five cents or, oh, no, you know what I mean? You know what I used to always say that still I say now is like, what are they going to do? They're going to put me in jail? Well, maybe. 
I'm going to have a great time <laughs> in jail. As we all, as I've said many times before. Yes. It is the exact story. You thrive in chaos. Environment that I thrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a Miller Lite in a champagne glass because my friend's husband asked to make a uh, happy birthday video. You know, so many people are doing that right now because you can't celebrate birthdays. So right. people are saying like, oh, send a 10 second video saying happy birthday. And I thought it would be funny mm-hmm. if I was pouring a Miller Lite into a fancy champagne glass. So I cheers. Nice. Cheers. Um, yeah, I think that's a nice touch, Alyssa. Thank you. Do you think the Miller Lite tastes better in the champagne glass? Yes, it does. It doesn't quite taste like piss. It um, <laughs> it tastes like a little more fancy. It's like a thick glass champagne glass. So I hey, definitely feel like a fancy lady right now. To my dog, piss tastes great because he's always licking other dogs piss and again this positivity is what i admire in you natalia (laughs) (laughs) oh man so i was perusing reddit Mm. and i found this link that i wanted to send you um natalia and to see what you think of it i I just i this isn't haunted enough to like make an episode out of right and so i was thinking like how am i gonna work this into an episode because I thought it was haunted as fuck but it's like a two minute haunting and so I'm sending it to you right now and I want to screamer no it's not a screamer I want I just want to send it to you and I want to get your reaction I actually haven't watched it yet so okay let me okay Alyssa just texted me something that says Today I learned that CNN prepared a doomsday end of the world video to be broadcasted by the last surviving employee what it was leaked by a former intern in 2009 so this it was leaked by a former wait so this is a what? video okay this Why is they think it was going to be a doom doomsday no 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 they're just preparing so this is oh. um an article on the guardian.com and it says if the end of the world comes u.s cable channel cnn has prepared a video to be played by the last surviving employee according to former cnn intern michael balaban who posted the footage online the video has been prepared for doomsday. It is a low-res video of a U.S. Army band playing a mournful rendition of Near My God to Thee. Okay, let me look at this. Okay, I'm going to watch it with you. This is way scarier. If I turn on fucking CNN at the end of the world and see this video, I'm going to kill myself. I'm like, this is so scary. It should be like... Somehow real life is scarier than like the scariest of horror movies. So I can watch apocalypse movies, no problem. But when I saw this on Reddit, I was like, this is too real. That is way too... Yeah, okay, so it's like a full marching band. You know, the guys with the furry hats and all of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a military band. It's the U. Yeah, U.S. Army band playing "Nearer My God to Thee." I mean, it's just haunted. So that's that's what CNN wants to play if the end of the world comes. Yeah, I don't think that's what you should play at the end of the world. I think you should play something that's going to make people happy, right? Yeah, I mean, it's spooky as fuck. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I mean, ugh. I would want to see a Vine compilation or yeah. something like that. Like something familiar. Right. Well, I guess like I, I probably wouldn't turn on CNN anyway. If I don't really watch right. the news. I get my news from Twitter. So I feel like. 
<laughs> I probably would like, never see that, but it was it's fucking scary. Like if I turned on CNN at the end of the world and it was like, I'm just trying to ball with my bras. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay, everything's fine. Just trying to ball with my bros. Yeah, <laughs> that's showed, that's like peak comedy. I showed that video to my boyfriend today, and he like he like did not have the same reaction to it that I do. You know, he didn't think it was, it was funny. Just, he thought it was funny, but he was like unsure of how to react. Who you know? who's what's the name of the guy that did that? I forget his Nick name. Nick Coletti. That's right. Yeah, if you guys and, don't know uh, what we're talking about, there's a Nick Coletti video where he's with Casey Frey and they're like right, playing Frey. playing basketball but it's But they're like dance fighting. Yeah. So it's just super weird. It's, it's so just funny. Like, oh, weird. Well, I have a story for you today, Natalia. Good. And I'm really glad that you have a story <laughs> for me today because that's what I was wondering is I was like, oh, I wonder, does she know that she's supposed to tell me a story? Right. I do. You know what? I did. And I think that I don't even really know like what the title of this episode is going to be because I feel like life is just weird on quarantine. And so I fell down this rabbit hole about mm. quarantines mm. and I found some haunted stuff. And I also, I feel like we've kind of been doing this theme lately where we're just like going through different countries and talking about folklore. Like, yeah. what countries have we done recently where we did folklore? Vietnam, Japan, yeah, China, Thailand, Asian folklore. Oh, right, yeah, we did the Thailand, the uh, amulets. Yeah, amulets. Yeah. What is it? What's the right way? It's am. It? It's amulet. Okay. <laughs> Everybody loved that though, the mispronunciation. So I feel like it was a win. Well, I wanted to kind of like stay on theme, and I wanted to combine quarantines, Asian folklore. And just mm. jump to a new country that we haven't talked about yet. Natalia, have you ever heard of Indonesia? Yes, I've been to Indonesia. You've been to Indonesia? You've been all over the fucking place. How did you like I Indonesia? Know. I loved it. That's yeah. where I got my first tattoo. Is very basic. What? Oh, wait. Yeah, is that where you wave. went for, for the turtles? Yeah. So back in 2015, uh, I went to Indonesia for a uh, volunteer tourism program. And if you don't know what volunteer tourism is, it's kind of pretty cool. It's like you go on a vacation where instead of paying to stay in like a five-star resort or staying like, you know, like going to like, I don't know, a festival or entertainment, you instead pay to be a volunteer and you pay for your room and board, which keeps like the like volunteer organization that you're working with in like running and it Mm -hmm. pays for the employees and stuff so i did one that was um helping like conserve oceans and specifically with sea turtles so i got to do like hands-on work with green sea turtles loggerheads all these like very cool sea turtles and uh very much hands-on because it was a very like low budget program so you know like i had to like take the eyes out of fish and like feed it to a the turtles that's awesome Uh, it was really cool it was a once in a lifetime experience and i'm really i'm very blessed and i i really love indonesia and i have a very good understanding i think at least from where i spent of how cool the people are there too Mm -hmm. so i'm excited to hear whatever you have to say because i just love that i love that the past two stories i've told have been about places you've been to because i feel like again you're the perfect person then to react to to all this shit i'm gonna say Great. Great. I'm ready. Well, like I said, I'm combining um, COVID-19 with uh, Indonesia. So basically how I fell down this rabbit hole is that Indonesia is handling the coronavirus pandemic correctly. And I would like to tell you why. Okay. Okay. So the information I'm about to tell you comes from two articles. I'm going to cite them at the end because the titles are going to give away 
the ridiculousness I'm about to tell you, the hauntedness I'm about to tell you. Okay. Okay. So the first article comes from ChannelNewsAsia.com, and it says, Fed up with people breaking virus quarantine rules, one Indonesian politician has decided to scare rule breakers straight by locking them in a haunted house. <laughs> this is amazing. Okay. Shragan Regency head Kustanar Untung Yuni Sukowati says she issued the unusual edict this week to deal with an influx of people to the area after lockdowns in the capital Jakarta and other major cities. Some newcomers, however, weren't respecting orders that they isolate themselves for 14 days to prevent the spread of coronavirus across the region on Indonesia's densely populated Java Island. So Sukowati instructed communities to repurpose abandoned houses that were feared to be haunted, tapping widespread beliefs in the supernatural which play a key role in Indonesian folklore. Five people have been tossed into Shragan's spooky jails so far. If there's an empty and haunted house in the village, put people in there and lock them up, Sukawati told AFP Tuesday when asked about the rule. Officials in Sipat Village chose a long-abandoned house and outfitted it with beds placed at a distance and separated by curtains. So far, the village has locked up three recently arrived residents who are being forced to spend the remainder of their two-week quarantine in the spooky abode. Among them was Harry Susan who said his punishment hadn't brought him face to face with any ghosts so far. But whatever happens, happens, said Susanto, who came from neighboring Sumatra Island. I know this is for everyone's safety and I've learned my lesson. Wait a second. Okay, I'm just going to start with the first, the most recent thing that's in my head is that this guy, in response to being thrown in a haunted house as punishment for not caring about spreading COVID, he goes... Whatever happens, happens. <laughs> and it's like, what? That's like the attitude that he had towards COVID. And that's like also the attitude right. that he has towards ghosts, you know? Yeah. But it's like, how do you punish these people who can't <laughs> be punished? You know, you're like, okay, you're, you're, you're not afraid of death. Well, guess what? Well, then we're going to put you in a haunted house so you can really be afraid of death. And then they right. like, haven't seen a ghost, but whatever happens, happens. Exactly. I just thought it was so fucking funny. Like amazing. And what a good idea. Like yeah. I, I respect any country that uses ghosts to the betterment of society. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay so like how does that even work though like they lock them in there with beds and and water and food and stuff for how long yeah so they 14 the two (gasps) week the two week quarantine period so basically what's happening is indonesia like you already know because you've been there but maybe some of our listeners don't know has um some densely populated cities and then like any country they've got like some more more rural areas they've got some you know some islands and so people during this covid outbreak um there were some people who decided you know fuck the big city like where all this shit's going down like we're gonna go into more rural areas to stay safe but that's like not fair to the people that really live there and so the person who like the politician in charge of that area was like okay if you are coming here you at least have to self-quarantine for 14 days to make sure that you're not infecting people that live here and a lot of people weren't respecting that and so she's like you know what then we're just going to take these haunted abandoned houses that have ghosts in them and we're going to say anyone who breaks self-quarantine is now forcibly quarantined in these haunted houses and i sent you two pictures natalia um via text i want you to look at them and and read the captions okay i'm looking at it says a man punished for breaking coronavirus isolation rules sits on a bed in a supposedly 
haunted house in Indonesia's Shragan on Java Island after being confined there as punishment. So what do you see in that picture? I'll post it to the Instagram, but if you want to describe to our audio listeners. So it looks like some sort of like what I would describe as like a warehouse or like a really small barn type thing. You know, it's not, you know, it's like a a structure. Yeah, it looks old. It looks old, yeah. And then inside of it, there's like tiny room dividers. And in each little room divider, almost like this, this... you know, like a twin bed is in there. And then there's a guy and he's sitting underneath the window just staring at the divider. So he's basically yeah. like staring <laughs> at a wall in the right. only one that has a window. And it's like very dark. There's no windows except for this tiny little slit in the <laughs> wall. And he's, he's just sitting in there and it looks like he's on his phone and he's got a mask on. Right. And then I sent you one more if you want to read the caption on the second one. It says, a volunteer keeps watch at a coronavirus quarantine facility a repurposed abandoned house believed by some locals to be haunted at sepat village in sragan central java indonesia on april 21st that is so great oh wait and he's wearing a shirt that says it looks like a jersey and at the top it says relawan which may be his last name but then it says covid19 at the bottom it's like a jersey for covid yeah, and he's just, he's one of the people that just got the, the job of, like, watching over these people that are being forcibly held in a haunted house for disobeying quarantine. That is I just so love funny. it. I was that dying laughing. Funny. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that that's just, like, there's some serious humor behind that, too. Because whether or not, like, the locals, um, or whether or not, I should say, the perpetrators or the people who are, like, not following the isolation rules believe in ghosts or not, to be taken, like, out of your comfortable home and put in an abandoned house, basically, with nothing other than, like, some shitty twin bed... Yeah. And just like, okay, knock yourself out. And then like having a guard watch you like that sucks. They're basically like in house arrest in like a really shitty prison. Right. They're in house arrest in like a place with no amenities that may no. have ghosts. <laughs> I, I it just like tickled me. To an Airbnb. Yeah, that's so great. I yeah. That. <laughs> um, and then keeping on theme, uh, I have another story for you about. Where did you some- even find that? Um, so I googled I did what I always do and I just googled haunted and went to news and the first thing that popped up was like quarantine people that break self-quarantine in Indonesia are now being forcibly (laughs) kept in haunted houses I love that like because it used to be when you would google haunted some legend would come up or something like that exactly all of the news has to do with covid like the most recent relative haunted news is that that's hilarious yeah and so thank you and then so I kind of went down a rabbit hole because I was like well you know I want to know about like what is this house haunted with or like you know what kind of ghosts are in Indonesia and so I have a question for you Natalia do you know what a pakong is pakong a pakong no no, okay so according to our favorite source (laughs) wikipedia.org A pakong, also known as a shroud ghost, is an Indonesian and Malaysian ghost that is said to be the soul of a dead person trapped in its funeral shroud. Oh, so like the episode that I did where we couldn't figure out why they were selling that like blanket wrapped around a corpse. Remember? Yeah. 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 That's a shroud. Yeah. Yeah, That's a funeral shroud. They were selling a pakong. 
Well, the pakong is the ghost that's trapped in the funeral shroud. Um, I guess the shroud, but to go with what you said, I guess the shroud in Indonesia and Malaysia is known as a kain kafan. And it's mm-hmm. the shroud that is the prescribed length of cloth used in Muslim burials to wrap the body of a dead person. The dead body is covered in white fabric tied over the head, under the feet, and on the neck. According to traditional beliefs, the soul of a dead person will stay on earth for 46.3 days after death. <laughs> Who did the math on that? I, that's my exact- thing. 46.3 days. I don't know, but uh, it made me again, again, I feel like anytime that I read something that exact, I just immediately believe it because I'm like, yeah. they did the math. Like right. they, somebody took the time to study ghosts and was like, it takes exactly 46.3 days. Yeah, the precision. Mm-hmm. It has to be. Exactly. It's got to be real. And if the ties over the shroud are not released after 46.3 days, the body is said to jump out from the grave to warn people that the soul needs to be released. After the ties are released, the soul will leave the earth forever. Because of the tie under the feet, the ghost can't walk. This causes the pakong to hop like a rabbit. The pakong is said to hop along roads, barreling onward until it encounters some unlucky soul. It is also capable of rolling on the ground towards people and can hop up to 50 meters in a single bound. Okay, that is terrifying. Yes. Imagine a a basically sheet hopping 50 meters. I mean, that's half of a straight on a track. That is that is that's so far. That's so fucking far that in one bound, this like dead person wrapped in a white sheet can just like jump at you. Like you're not safe. How come, how come it's like this, you know, ghost can't be, can't walk because it's like kept together by this little string around its feet. Yet it's so powerful that it can literally bound 50 meters. Like, don't you think any sort of mechanical thing or organic or mechanical, I should say, that can move 50 meters per bound would be able to just like bust its ankles out of a little string? You know, that's a great point. And I think maybe like that's just it's kryptonite. Yeah. Or that's it's kryptonite. It's like vampires, you know, like vampires are, are weakened by garlic. Like, yeah. really, this animal that can, like, shapeshift into a bat and fly and suck blood and, like, turn you into an undead creature is, like, its weakness is really garlic. And I feel right. like this is similar. The pakong is like, keep that fabric away from me and fabric-related items. Yeah. <laughs> this is my one weakness. It's sheets. My one weakness is a thin veil. Yeah. <laughs> Um, And the pakong is commonly described as having a pale green, shriveled and decaying face with two deep, empty holes where its eyes should be. Yeah, gross. And Natalia, I think that I have found your newest get rich quick scheme. Are you ready for this? Are you going to tell me that they put coins in their eyes? Oh, no, that would be smart, though. So, okay, this is going to sound crazy. But folklore has suggested that you could become wealthy if you hug a pakong. Supposedly, it's an extreme act of courage. And thereafter, untying the knots, effectively releasing the soul, would cause the spirit to be grateful and bless you with wealth. I believe that. You know, that kind of ties into the episode that we did about Kumantong. Yes. Because we talk about how if you release a ghost or if you treat the ghost right or help it, like, achieve whatever salvation, freedom that it, it seeks 
give it the proper funeral rites, whatever it is that needs to be done, then you'll be rewarded handsomely. And what's a better reward than money? Yeah, there's no, well, there's no better reward, right? So, like, what do I have to do? I have to hug this sheet ghost or do I have to hug the body while it's still in the sheet? So the body is in the sheet. And if you don't untie the sheet within 46.3 days, it turns into this pakong. And it's basically like a zombie, right? It's like a zombie corpse decaying inside of its funeral shroud. And it hops around up to 50 meters. And if you see this thing coming towards you, what you can do is run up to it, hug it, and untie its shroud. And then it'll be so grateful that you've released its soul that it just grants you tons of wealth. So who was the person that, like, discovered that? You know, like, who was the person that hugged a pecan? Someone with balls of steel. Right. Yeah. And then, and then the first pecan to reward them handsomely was like, you know what? I respect you. And then yeah. all the other pecan, like, around were like, yes, this is our new rule. This yeah, is this, our new, yeah. this is our culture as pecan, as right. the shroud goes. <laughs> From now on, when a living being hugs us, we will reward it handsomely. Exactly. And, you know, I'm grateful because anytime there's an opportunity to make money in an unconventional way, I feel like, why not? You know? Yeah. Is it any crazier than playing the lottery? Is it any more likely? You know, you're less likely to make money playing the lottery than you are by encountering a pecong and untying its funeral shroud is what I've just decided right now. I have no statistics to back that up. Alyssa, would you rather... Okay, I'm going to give you three options because these are okay. all illegal. I'm, I'm assuming that like right. hiding a corpse in a sheet is not okay. Well, that sounds like a couple steps away from something very illegal. So yeah, yeah I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> it starts with necro and it doesn't end with mamsy, guys. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, would you hug the shroud ghost, hug the pecong, or um, have an illegal... Uh, underground exotic animal trade or be an exporter of cocaine i'm gonna hug the pecong really yeah i'm gonna hug the pecong because and i'm gonna tell you why i'm not seeking out the pecong it's hopping towards me the odds of me escaping the pecong when it can jump jump up to 50 meters is zero right there's no way for me to escape it so in that scenario all i can do is embrace the hand i've been dealt and hug the pecong Wow, that's like really smart, but logic that I did not follow at all. I was like, I want to do the exotic animal trade because I want to play with all the animals. Right, right. You want to be the Joe Exotic that's not an asshole, though. Right. Right. Well, Well, I also found, well, I found, um, I found a video of a pecong, Natalia. No. I, okay, so this video that I am texting you right now purports to show a pecong in action and was captured on video in Indonesia and subsequently went viral in 2009. Natalia, what are your thoughts on this video? You, I texted Wait. it to you. You can click on it. it. Okay, and then it's, jump to a minute in. A minute hold in. Hold on. It says metatube.com, and then the three trending things on this website right now are hashtag Travis Scott, hashtag Fortnite, and hashtag Kim Jong-un. Yep. <laughs> okay. And they've on. got a pecan. Jump to where? Um, do Jump to a minute. This better not be a screamer. It's not a screamer. Okay, I'm at a minute. I'm at a minute. Oh, oh wait. I see a sheet person walking. They're walking, though. They're not bounding. Okay, they're walking past a tree. If they turn and look at this camera, I'm going to freak out. Okay. What 
is happening. It's like stopped. Ah! Oh my god! Alyssa! Oh my god! It just <laughs> it just shot straight up into the air. That is so scary. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, do you want to tell our listeners what you just saw? Okay, I just saw like basically a, sh- a what looked like a person just with a sheet over them like scuffling around. And then they mm-hmm. paused for a second and like what looked like spread their arms out and then shot what I can only, ass- you know what? They shot out of screen, which is at least 30 meters. They shot straight <laughs> up into the sky. So this, but this video like is, is, is exactly everything that Wikipedia said about Pekongs. <laughs> so I guess, so yeah. So I guess that clip was even played like on an Indonesian news station. And it went viral in 2009 and everybody in Indonesia is like, yeah, this is a fucking pakong caught on camera. Side note, the the Indonesian society really just like is down with the ghost. You know, they've got ghosts making it onto their news in the yes. evening. They've got punishment by ghosts. I really like I'm, I'm into this. Me too. I think that this is like, I don't know. Do we have any Indonesian listeners out there? If so, your culture is officially my my new favorite of the week because this is awesome. I wish yeah. that, I feel like this is the kind of society that Natalia and I would thrive in as believers in the supernatural. I feel like everyone would be like, oh, I remember my first time to believe in ghosts. You know, <laughs> yeah. we're, we have like a podcast about it and we're like all super into it and like wanting right. to discover all the time where it seems like their culture is just like, yeah, no, no, no. This is just part of life. Oh, I love it. I think it's amazing. <laughs> and then, um, so how do you think, how do you think, Natalia, the Indonesians have incorporated pakongs into COVID-19? Oh, man. I don't know. Let's think. Let's think. Uh, if you die from COVID and you become a pakong, you can transmit the disease in the afterlife? Oh, that's a good one. Well, let me tell you. Uh, what's going on right now in Indonesia with regards to pakongs and coronavirus. This article comes from the JakartaPost.com, written by Ganug Nugroho Adi and Marcus Makur. And this article says, As regions nationwide have enforced restrictions on people's movements in an attempt to curb the spread of COVID-19, some local authorities are resorting to unorthodox methods in imposing the virus control me- measures. Young people from Kasango Hamlet of Kipu Village in central Java's Sukoharjo Regency, for example, stayed at the entrance gate to the hamlet dressed up as Pekong. The Pekong is not to scare residents. Instead, we want to educate residents on the fact that coronavirus causes death. It is a shock therapy, as people usually pay more attention to anything related to death, Anjar Panka, the keeper of Kasango's Al-Himam Mosque, said on Wednesday. The Pekong guards monitor guests coming into the hamlet and make sure residents obey the government's restrictions on social gatherings. During the Wait, past, hold on, hold on. It's a person dressed up as a Pekong that's alive. Yes. Oh, that's... and I got, I've got videos and pictures for you of this. This is amazing. <sighs> okay, okay, keep going. Okay, I'm invested. During the past three days, no residents were seen going out at night. Apparently, they're scared of our fake ghosts, Anjar claimed. The head of Kasango Hamlet's neighborhood unit, Karno Supadmo, said the Pakong guards had been deployed on the initiative of residents, and they were positive about the measure as it aimed to prevent a greater virus outbreak in the area. As of Thursday, Central Java has confirmed 104 cases of COVID-19, seven of which have ended deadly. 
Nationwide, COVID-19 has infected 1,790 and killed 170 people. According to Carnot, the Pekong stood by the entrance gate from 8 p.m. to midnight every day. They would do an ID check on every guest coming into the hamlet and ask about the purpose of their visit. In Galong village, Wilak district of West Mangarai Regency in East Nusa Tengara, local officials were using myth and local folklore to prevent people from going out at night. One way to keep them from going out during the COVID-19 pandemic is resorting to scaring people with myth or local folklore. Our ancestors used to do it to scare children to prevent them from going out at night, village head Marianas Samsung told the Jakarta Post on Wednesday. If the government's call for physical distancing are ignored, we will use scaring, he said. He added that he himself and local officials were scared to go out, even to visit other people on duty because of COVID-19. In Mojo Kurto, Regency of East Java, traffic police officers wore helmets resembling supersized virus cells while disinfecting vehicles and informing local residents on the preventative measures against COVID-19 at the Kinantan Junction. Stay alert, but don't panic. Keep a distance and stay out of crowds, were some of the messages delivered to the residents, according to the deputy head of Mojo Kurdo Police. We made the coronavirus helmets this afternoon so that people would become more aware of the danger the virus poses, he said. So, Natalia, let me hear um, your reaction to that, and then I'm going to send you some pictures and video I of mean, these pekong. I mean, that is, like, so over the top but i feel like that's what we need i would be way less likely to you know want to go see what the fuck was up if there was a bunch of people dressed like ghosts standing around or actually never mind that might have the you know what let me take that back (laughs) i feel like this tactic is gonna have the opposite effect on me like if there's a bunch of police officers with giant virus helmets on and people dressed up like ghosts standing around with guns and stuff. I'm going to be like, that's hella tight. Let's go look at it. Right. <laughs> I I think you're right. It goes one of two ways. Either people are just going to be amused and oh like. Oh my God. I'm getting, the, I'm looking at these pictures that you're sending me. Yeah. This is fucking crazy. Okay. It says two youngsters in Kapua village in Sukoharjo, central Java, stand guard dressed as Pekong, shrouded corpses at the entrance to their village to keep residents in as part of restrictive measures to curb the spread of COVID-19. And they're just, like, dressed up in this... Yeah, they're just, like, covered, like... They look like they were just buried. This next one says, Volunteers Dairy Volunteers Dairy Setayawan... Setayawan... Oh. Volunteers Dairy Setayawan, 25, and Septian... Febrianto, 26, sit on a bench as they play the role of Pekong, known as Shroud Ghost, to make people stay at home amid the spread of COVID-19. Oh, whoa, 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 what's this? Okay, so that article is accompanied by a video of the people dressed as Pekong walking around the village, and I I want you to watch it and then explain to the listeners, like, what you're seeing. And I'll post it on the Instagram, of course, with all of the other stuff from this episode. It says ghosts, the New York Post, oh, ghosts scare Indonesians into social distancing to slow the coronavirus spread. Okay, there are these ghost people walking around. (laughs) Okay, that is super funny. Okay, so there's like some kids wearing headlamps and flashlights walking around a corner. And then when they get around the corner, they see this ghost just standing there. And they literally fell down and started running the other direction. (laughs) 
<laughs> they're like freak the fuck out like and you can tell that that's like a group of kids that aren't social distancing and they come around the corner and they see yeah this pakong standing on the street corner and they just flip out and start running back to their house so it's working right yeah i mean it's i admire something. it i admire the creativity I, I, yeah i wonder i want to see the virus helmets though Oh, I have a picture of the virus helmets. Um, let me show you that right now, Natalia. So, Natalia, I just texted you a picture of the virus helmet if you want to look at it because it's kind of haunted. Okay, wait. Let me look at this virus helmet. Whoa. <laughs> Do you want to wow. describe to people what you're seeing? So, I'm looking at uh, a couple on a motorbike being stopped by a policeman who's wearing a motorcycle helmet that has like eight inch long what looks like pins coming out of it yes like a pin cushion yeah yeah but it also i mean they're very like you know it looks like dicks looks Mm -hmm. like he's got a bunch of dicks coming out of his head it's very phallic yeah yeah but it's haunted i think i think it looks if i saw that coming towards me i would just peace out it's super haunted yeah it's super haunted and we can only like assume that the people who are being stopped by these cops are you know breaking the isolation or whatever so they're literally just reminding them like hey this is why you're break you know because there's these giant virus things going around right yeah i think it's it's pretty genius it's a physical reminder of an invisible virus right yes and Okay, so on this, now going like a little bit deeper into this rabbit hole, I fell down. So, okay, we, of course, everyone knows that we're in a coronavirus pandemic right now. It's a global pandemic. Do you remember the H1N1 pandemic? Yeah, swine flu. Yeah, Yeah, swine flu. Yeah, like kids at college got it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I found a possible conspiracy theory that I don't see anyone talking about. This is like, this has to do with pecongs. So while I was researching pecongs, I came across this article from 2009 published on the star.com.my. The article is titled, Pecong Encounters Leave Villagers Feverish and Worried. Okay, here's the article. The influenza A H1N1 virus is not the only cause of fever, as ghost sightings have also left several villagers in Kampung Baru Sungai Ara and Kampung Masjid feverish and worried. According to some residents, late shift factory workers and teenagers riding along the 15-kilometer stretch between the two Penang, Penang villages had seen Pekong or apparitions. Cosmo quoted Azriel Idris, 25, from Kampung Masjid as saying that he and his friend Syed Fadzil Syed Modin were resting around midnight last month when a neighbor ran up to them screaming that she had seen a ghost nearby. Fadzil and I rode a motorbike in the direction she pointed and saw the ghost in some bamboo trees. It was a white figure staring right at us, but when That's we sh- horrifying. Yes, but when we shone our flashlight at it, it disappeared, Azril told the Malay daily. Then we smelled strong incense. The next morning, all three of us came down with a fever. Fadzil 25 ruled out the sightings as a prank, saying that no one would take it that far. In Kampung Baru Sungaira, a resident who only wanted to be known as Sal, age 42, said his son saw a similar apparition in front of their house last month. Before this, he had never spoken about ghosts, but when he saw the Pekong, he ran screaming into the house and refused to tell anyone what he had seen, Sal said. 
so natalia oh yeah my phone just fell down that's the pecong did it yes why do you think that a spike in pecong sightings seems to happen around pandemics is it just because like more people are dying and so then there's more opportunity for pecongs to be out and about or do the pecongs bring the pandemic what the fuck i'm gonna say they bring it yeah why not at this point well i think they're getting mad i think they're like you know we're dead everyone else is alive i'm bored of hanging out with the same people <laughs> let's bring on a pandemic yeah yeah exactly i think they're like yeah i think the pecongs are like i'm fucking tired of fucking with the same ghosts right and so now let's make more ghosts yeah i think that makes a lot of sense that makes the most sense out of anything i thought of yeah i mean if you're if you're a ghost and you're like kicking it with the same you know crew for a long time and then some of them start getting annoying yeah you gotta bring a new pandemic yeah you gotta bring some new people into the fold fresh blood yeah exactly you know what i think we've just uncovered a new it's not even a conspiracy it's fact i think we've uncovered the source of the coronavirus pandemic and it is pecongs that are bored and want new friends yeah it's ghosts are bored is what they're doing i i think honestly that you've just described what we would be like as ghosts (laughs) (laughs) just really bored and want new people to be friends with now what they need to do though is they need like you know how the vulnerable population is uh people over the age of um, 60 65 is it Uh uh-huh yeah yeah like that makes a lot of sense because a lot of the ghosts or a lot of the people that are already dead are over the age of 65 oh shit right you're right and so they're looking for like people their own age that they can relate to that they can be friends with they're like who cares about babies i already had to take care of babies exactly 30s yeah i'm over it i don't want to talk to some millennial about avocado toast that's what every (laughs) person over 65 thinks of us (laughs) right they're like i want to talk to somebody who's like retired and you know maybe they want to go to belize or they have been to belize because i've been to belize and i have no one to talk to about it wow i think i think you're right (laughs) we've just solved everything right now (laughs) well natalia i just sent you another video of a pecong from so this is a pecong one of the pecongs that supposedly was haunting indonesia during the h1n1 and this is so scary so i don't the, want to click this this is a video from 2009 of an alleged pecong caught on camera this looks scary so natalia do you want to describe what you're seeing to the audience right now it says pecong dot 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 question mark <gasps> do you see it what the fuck that's so scary and it comes back there's a tree and there's like a person with a shroud over them standing in the tree wait what's he saying people are whispering he said allah akbar allah akbar allah akbar that is so scary oh my god it just disappeared right it's like you blink and it's gone Ah! they're walking wait a second it just reappeared yeah (laughs) what the fuck is that a crackhead why do they just stand there why the fuck do they just stand there? Because it wants you to untie its funeral shroud so that it can its soul can be released. That is so much scarier that it's just fucking standing there and looking at him. Honestly, that thing looks like it's that's so weird looking. It looks like a person wearing a sheet where their their face is painted white and then they also have like <laughs> a, one of those like robber type masks over their eyes that's white. Yeah, but then, uh, yeah. But the way that the sheet is tied over their head looks like a do rag. 
and then you're just like okay. standing there okay i i was thinking you know okay see i i had like the opposite reaction from you i was thinking it looks like a woman in a head covering or like a head scarf or something you know you know what it looks like to me you know those paintings of mary mother of jesus and she's like always depicted with like a blue head covering yeah, yeah, yeah. um that's what it looks like to me like a very serious austere ghostly woman just staring from the trees at you like so fucking scary to me wait so you thought it was a girl i thought that was a guy oh you thought it was a guy well that's i guess that's the beautiful thing about pecongs is that they're open to interpretation they're androgynous maybe it's like um what's it called maybe it's like the bogart or the bogart yeah i think it's called like a bogart from harry potter where it just takes on the shape of whatever scares you the most so like maybe you're more scared of men and i'm more scared of women i don't know Alyssa, this is fucking this is my favorite episode so far that you've ever told me because it's so interactive oh thank you well since remote recording is harder because we both have really short attention spans i thought i'd try something new um, you guys remember that we'll post all of the videos and pictures to the Instagram so you can follow along with us. And Natalia, I just sent you another article with a bunch of still frames of Pekong allegedly caught on camera. If you want to describe that to our audio listeners. Okay. 10 times a Pekong was caught on camera. That's super creepy. Yeah. There's just, okay. So one of these photos I'm looking at, it's just a person sitting next to a house and then in the background there's like what looks like a ghost covered in a sheet with it tied around its head yeah and then here there's you know same thing oh my gosh that is so creepy yeah they just look like it almost looks like a little bunny rabbit standing in the background yes it hops around yeah that's so fucking creepy. creepy because like yeah that's i don't like that at all it's haunted as hell. Okay, yeah. so then I fell even deeper into this rabbit hole, which I feel like is what most of our episodes are anyway, where we start off with one theme or topic, and then the more we research, the more we find like these little like tangents that split off from what we were originally looking into. I don't know. Can you relate to that at all? Yeah, no, I do. Because the, the story that I'm researching for you to tell you next week is like, it's not really haunted, but I was just, like, interested in it. And then as I started looking into it, I was like, oh, no, this shit is super haunted. And it right? just made me realize that everything is haunted. Like, literally, our entire society, everything we believe in, science, nature, theology, music, entertainment, culture, familial, re- familiar, famili- familial <laughs> relations, <laughs> food, cooking, travel. Fashion. Fashion music music air travel oh (laughs) no i was gonna say air travel i was trying to anticipate what you were gonna say before you say it literature poetry geography (laughs) everything is haunted okay so i have another article for you natalia this one comes from en.brilio.net and the name of the article is 12 pictures reveal the origin of indonesia's famous scariest ghosts written by Retno Wulandari in April of 2016. So the article reads, um, and keep in mind that like some of the English might sound a little strange, but I, I assume that's probably just because English is not this person's first language. Okay. If you have spent some time in Indonesia, you have probably been introduced to the darker side of the country through popular urban legends. 
Often, those stories feature Indonesia's most popular spiritual beings, ranging from graveyard goblins to window-peaking specters. No matter whether they're true or not, the bone-chilling stories have been grabbing people's attention, even until today. If you happen to love thriller movies, Brilio has compiled these nerve-wracking photos that will tell you more about famous ghosts, which have been the main characters in many of Indonesia's scariest urban legends. Number one, the Kuntilanak. Kunti? Kunti Lanak. The Kunti. Kunti Lanak. And like yeah, that. I'm going to send you a picture of what this spirit looks like. But first, I'm going to tell you what it is. So the Kunti Lanak or the Kunti Lanak <laughs> is the. No, it's Kunti. You have to it's say Kunti. Kunti. Okay. Being the local version of banshees, Kunti Lanaks, or simply Kunti, are believed to be the wandering spirit of pregnant women who die in tragic, unnatural ways. The ghost is believed to bear a grudge to certain people related to her death and will likely haunt those people. This creature, known as Pontianak or Matianak, is believed to dwell in dark clumps of banana trees. Oh, so Natalia, here is a picture of a Kunti Lanak, if you want to describe it to our listeners. Oh, this is super fucked up looking. I look, I'm looking at it. So I'm looking at what, okay, it looks like a sim. Whoever made this photo, like, literally just went on the sims and did this. Um, Okay, it's a woman. She's wearing a white dress. She's pregnant. She's very pregnant. She looks like she's probably six to seven months pregnant. She's got long black hair. She's got, uh, her mouth is open. She's screaming probably and her eyes are like rolled back or they're like really light blue plus like mascara or like black holes all around her eyes she looks like the ring but pregnant yeah so just like a pregnant pissed off dead woman okay and then do you remember that website i used for the vietnam episode called yourghoststories.com where people write in um their like different ghostly experiences that they've had from around the world yes from different locations yeah okay so i found a personal haunting about this ghost the kunti lanak someone that saw the kunti lanak in singapore so singapore is to the north of some of the indonesian islands and this person is named sapphire child and their submission to yourghoststories.com is called the white lady I have several encounters with the White Lady. For those who do not understand the cultures of Singapore, Malaysia, and Indonesia, let me explain. In non-Muslim society, many refer to it as the White Lady. But for those who understand the religions from these three countries, it is often referred to as the Pontianak, Langswir, or Kuntilanak. They feed on babies, especially boys. Muslims believe that a woman might turn into one of those mentioned above if they die during child labor if glass beads are not inserted into the dead woman's mouth immediately. I'm not sure which one of these apparitions attacked me, but she was wearing a white robe. It happened during my pregnancy. We were renting at Pasir Ri, and most of the time I was home alone. Almost every Wednesday, the Kunti Lanak appeared in my room in a dark corner. I was scared because the fetus inside of me was a boy. I couldn't move or talk whenever she appeared. I was angry that I couldn't have total control over myself and began to recite verses from the Quran. However, for some reason, I could not complete the verse. I kept getting angrier and gathered the last ounce of whatever was in me and cursed her. She was laughing and swiftly moving here and there, all the while gradually coming nearer to me. Suddenly, she disappeared. 
I was not dreaming and I know that. When she disappeared, I turned on the lights and called up to my husband, but he never believes in such things. It happened a lot of times, even when my husband was around. I guess I'm sensitive to their presence. Okay, ghost number two, the Pakong. As part of religion precepts, Muslims wrap their dead in sheets of white shrouds and create ties in some spots in order to have the fabric remain in place. When the body is about to be buried, they will release the ties and let the cloth become loose. Many people believe that if the ties aren't released, the dead would become a pakong, tied to the mortal world and unable to pass on to the afterlife. Because one of the ties is located just above its ankles, this creature can't walk. Rather, it hops around chasing you in your nightmares. Okay, so we've been talking about pecongs for most of this episode, Natalia, and just like how I found a personal haunting about someone who saw the Kunti Lanak, I also found a story by someone that goes by the username Amelie Fitriani, who also saw a pecong in Indonesia. And I'm going to paraphrase their story because the English wasn't the best. Um, so here's my paraphrasing of that story. I started my drive home from work at about 1 a.m. There was an unusual amount of traffic at the time, so I decided to take an alternative route that's usually less crowded. This route goes through a rundown part of the city. During the trip, I kept feeling this uneasy, cold feeling wash over me, but I kept just trying to think positively. Maybe the weather's just cold, I thought. After a few minutes, I arrived at my house. I felt like something was staring at me, so I turned around and sure enough, there was a white creature wrapped in a white cloth. I could see his face peeking from beneath the funeral shroud. His face was damaged and charred. His eyes were protruding from their sockets with no eyelids to hold them back. I immediately ran into my house, locking the door behind me. I got into bed and pulled the covers over my head while shaking. After a few minutes just laying there, I calmed down and rolled over. When I rolled over, my body hit something. Maybe it's just the bed frame, I thought to myself. I lowered the blanket cautiously from over my head. It was not the bed frame. It was him, the pecong. He was floating next to me, staring at me with his badly decaying face. I fainted. When I woke up, I was surrounded by my family and neighbors who were all praying for me. According to one of my neighbors, my maid had come home shortly after I fainted. She called a doctor and I had apparently been unconscious for three days straight. I told the story to my neighbors about how I had seen the pecong, and it was then that one of them informed me that our neighborhood had been built on a cemetery. Apparently, I had not been the only person the pecong had visited. The Pekong was angry because construction had disturbed it. Since that day, I always say a prayer before going into my house so that the Pekong cannot enter. I have not seen him since. Number three, the Jinderuwo. The legend of Jinderuwo is allegedly rooted in ancient Persian mythology. They are spirits believed to come from people who died in violent ways and came back to haunt the living. Their appearance is mainly big and monstrous, but can also take the appearance of a human male to seduce women. That's really hot. Wait, I'm super into that. Keep going. <laughs> Sometimes gender Uwo would disguise themselves as a woman's husband to tempt the wife while her real husband is away. I, I'm like into that. Keep going. 
I thought that was like fanfic. Urban legends say that the monsters have sexual relationships with these women in order to impregnate them and produce more gender uwo. The creature, usually spotted in various regions of Java, is believed to enjoy dwelling around watery places such as rivers, lakes, or swamps, and also like to live in old buildings, big shady trees, or dark and deserted damp corners. So, Natalia, I'm going to send you this picture of the gender uwo, and I feel like this is right up your alley because I know how much you love cryptids like the Yeti and like um, the Mothman. So, if you can describe this to our listeners... Whoa, yeah, I'm super into this guy. Okay, first of all, he looks like Hagrid. He looks like he's probably 100 feet tall. And he's got huge man titties. <laughs> and he has a, not only does he have a full beard and full uh, head of hair, he also mm-hmm. has straight across bangs, which he's working. <laughs> and those pointy ears. And he has tusks. He has tusks. Yes. And he's also like, is he kind of an animal? Is he he kind of a man? Like, it's just the perfect mixture for you. Like, he has tusks. And yeah, he has tusks, which I'm into. I'm like, boy, what do those tusks do? Let's see. (laughs) Okay. I've got another, I've got another um, ghost for you in Indonesian culture called the Wee Wee (laughs) Gombol. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Let me say that again. The Wee Wee (laughs) Gombol. Well, hold on. I feel like I should explain why I laughed at the name. So I don't know if other cultures have this because obviously we have people listening to from like all over the world. But um, in like um, like North American culture, when you're a little kid, when you say you have to go pee. It's like you have to go wee wee or like you have to go pee pee. So that's why I was laughing. This spiritual being is believed to be the ghost of a woman who committed suicide after murdering her cheating husband. Its appearance is usually depicted as a female human-like monster with elongated breasts and long, sharp fingernails. This creature is believed to have a pesky habit of kidnapping children who are wandering out after dark. A pesky habit? Oh, yeah, I'm a a kidnapper. It's a pesky... I'm a kidnapper. It's a pesky habit. So, Natalia, I just texted you a picture of the Wee Wee Gomble. If you want to describe it to our listeners. Yeah, I'm looking at the picture. So, basically, this is an old woman whose breasts are so long. I mean, her breasts are, like, longer than her arms. She's literally wrapped them around her arms like a fucking boa. And she also has hooved feet. Yep. Yeah. Um, Not super stoked on this cryptid. Not feeling super sexually attracted to it. Um... Yeah, I'm not sure about this one. You know what? That's so annoying. They give the guy cryptid tusks and they give the girl cryptid like super long boobs. Like what is she supposed to use those for? Are they just going to get in her way? Okay, next ghost. The Jaren Kong. Jaren Kongs are believed to come from people who during their lifetime robbed or forcibly took other people's possessions. They appear as a walking human skeleton wandering around at night and stealing chicken eggs. According to urban legend, Jaren Kong often ransack chicken coops at night. By dawn, they return to their graves through a small hole in the graveyard's soil. Eggs eaten by Jaren Kong won't break. The eggs will be nothing more than a shell. There's one way to cope with Jaren Kong. Set up a coconut shell with a small hole on it on the Jaren Kong's grave so that when the ghost comes out, it will be trapped inside the shell. The problem is you'll have to spot the correct grave first. Um. I like that one. If you just saw like a giant skeleton walking around at night, yeah, I how would you react? Well, I mean, obviously, I would be like, "Hey, are there more of you?" Yeah, that's a 
that's a <laughs> that great be first my, question that would be my first yeah that would be my first question is are there more of you my second question would be are you going to hurt me yeah I, all fair questions um so i think it would actually be more scary if i'm walking around a graveyard knowing this information and seeing like coconuts all over the place and just being like what the fuck those are all yeah great point like these are all graves that like their skeleton has come out of the grave and tried to fuck with people and steal their chicken eggs and so now people are putting coconuts over their graves yeah you're right if you ever see a coconut over a grave that shit's haunted i mean i like that um they're coming out to get chicken eggs because let me tell you chicken eggs are good they're the best they- type of animals eggs in my opinion i've had a lot of eggs i've got to say they're pretty chickens, good chickens seem to be the ones that are they've they've had the most longevity yeah i agree with you you know throughout all cultures throughout you know globally it seems that chicken eggs are the uh most common eggs to eat you are right yeah so wait what would be the eggs that people eat you got chicken eggs you got caviar right you got the Uh quail eggs quail eggs and you got the little eggs that go like those little orange fish eggs that go on top of sushi yeah uh uh-huh those are roe i think right salmon eggs yeah roe um and then that's it right yeah i mean you could probably eat pretty much any egg like but i can't imagine eating i've never personally eaten any eggs other than the ones you've just mentioned ew like what if someone what if you what if you like have a one night stand with someone and the next morning you wake up and they're like do you want some eggs and you're like yeah and then like you see them with like little tiny like bird eggs in there making scrambled eggs and you're like what is that And they're like you've never had crow eggs I would be like, get me the fuck uh, out of here. Haunted. Yeah, haunted as fuck. But you know what? As we've discussed, one night stands and relationships in general are haunted. pretty goddamn haunted. Agree. Well, let me tell you about the next um, famous Indonesian ghost. Okay, ghost number six. Suster Nagasat. Believed to be the ghost of a dead nurse, Suster Nagasat became extremely popular and feared after the Indonesian thriller movie by the same name, which was released in 2007. It is said that the nurse was cruelly murdered, which left her legs badly injured. The creature is depicted as a woman with a filthy white nurse uniform, messy long hair, and a horrific face. She drags herself slowly and eerily along the hospital's dark aisles as she's unable to stand on her feet or walk due to her injuries. Okay, next ghost, the Palisic. Palisic is widely popular, especially in Minangkabau society, which is an Indonesian ethnic group indigenous to the highlands of West Sumatra. These people believe that the creature is neither a ghost nor a spirit, but actually a human who practices black magic. In order to keep their power, the palisic has to feed on unborn babies, so it will linger around pregnant women who are in their last months of pregnancy in order to prey on the baby inside. The babies aren't literally eaten, but rather die inside the womb or are born without the crown of their head. Sometimes palisic also consume dead babies who are already buried in their tombs. Palisic's appearance is so terrible that it seems to have jumped just out of your nightmares. By night, the palisic or black magic practitioner can literally separate their heads from their bodies and the head, along with the inner organs and intestines, will fly around the village to hunt for prey. Before dawn, the head has to unite again with the body. If it doesn't, they will die. Oh, no shit. <laughs> Isn't that horrifying? That's fucking gross. Yeah, I really don't like yeah. that, Alyssa. Why did you tell me about that? 
because it's horrifying. And if I had to learn about it, you have to learn about it. Fair. Okay. Next ghost is the Jalang Kung. Also known as the Jalang Kung, it is the spirit who was called from another realm using an ancient board, ca- board game called the Jalang Kung board, which is widely known as Ouija boards in other cultures. Some people believe that they can literally ask questions and the Jalang Kung will answer it via the board. Okay, next ghost. The Wraith of Jeruk Perut. The Wraith of Jeruk Perut, or Hantu Jeruk Perut, is believed to be the wandering spirit of a dead pastor who's trying to find his own graveyard. Urban legend says that the headless pastor is lost. Instead of heading to Christian's graveyard in South Jakarta, he lingers around the Muslim graveyard in Jeruk Perut, also in South Jakarta. Along with his mystical dog, the wraith is sometimes spotted by gravekeepers walking out of the darkness carrying his own head. So it's kind of like the headless horseman, except for it's a priest that is in the wrong graveyard and super lost and can't find his grave. And then while I was researching the Wraith of Jeruk Perut, so I guess Jeruk Perut is a cemetery, and so I was Googling it, and there's an article on the Jakarta Post, which was posted on um, November 1st of 2019, written by Nina A. Loasana, um, and it's called Urban Legends Turn South Jakarta Cemetery into Spot for Thrill-Seeking Tourists. So I'm not going to read the whole article because it's behind a premium wall, but I am going to read... um, a couple paragraphs from it because I thought it was really interesting. So she writes, The clock was about to strike midnight as the group of about 50 people entered Jeruk Perut Cemetery, South Jakarta, last Friday night. Walking in silence, they ventured ever deeper into the cemetery as dark clouds engulfed the full moon just above the horizon. It was no funeral. The crowd had assembled for the Jakarta Mystical Tour, where daring visitors explored the ten most haunted places in the city to get their Halloween thrills. Jeruk Perut Cemetery is one of the best-known spots and is the subject of many horror-filled urban legends. Dowd, the tour guide, stopped the group in front of two large trees in the middle of the cemetery. These trees are called the Twin Trees, he said. They mark one of the scariest spots in the cemetery. It is said that atop these trees lies the gate to a small Javanese palace in the other realm. Dowd then brought the tour members to an old well near the eastern edge of the cemetery, where he said was also among the scariest spots in the cemetery. Legend has it that a snake demon dwells in the well's depths. The visitors were then taken to a leafless, half-dead benda tree in the far corner of the cemetery. The tree stood tall like an enormous shadowy figure. Black ashen marks covered its bark, as the tree had been engulfed in a fire last May. The cause of the fire remains a mystery. The tree, Dowd said, was the place where all the cemetery's supernatural beings gathered. There are many urban legends about the Jeruk Perut Cemetery, including those of the Kunti Lanak and the Jinder Uwo, which, Natalia, we just talked about both of those. But the most famous is that of the Headless Cleric. Legend has it that the cleric wanders among the graves looking for his own. He has never been able to find his resting place because he was buried in a distant cemetery. The cleric, head in hand, and his faithful black dog will appear only to people who visit the cemetery at night in odd-numbered groups. So that's the Wraith of Jeruk Perut that I was talking about. And then um, the person who wrote this article interviews like an expert um, on the cemetery. And this person says that while the legend of the headless cleric only gained widespread popularity 
popularity after the urban legend was turned into a movie in 2006, the story had long circulated among locals. However, there's no specific incident or event that could possibly connect the cemetery with the cleric. While it's hard to pinpoint the source of the urban legend, it's quite possible that locals invented it so people would have more respect for the place, to scare off people who use the cemetery as a place for trysts or to perform black magic rituals, he said. So anyway, I thought that was interesting because it seems like this cemetery is kind of um, the setting for a lot of these urban legends that we were talking about. So I just thought it was cool. Okay, we're almost done. Next ghost, the Simanis Jimbatan Ankle. The Manis Jimbatan Ankle, or the beautiful lady of Ankle Bridge, is believed to be the ghost of a charming young lady who was killed by two men. The murderers then threw the body somewhere near the Ankle Bridge in North Jakarta. The spirit appears as a beautiful lady wandering around the bridge and anywhere near it. She's probably the most famous urban legend in Jakarta and was featured in a 1990s Indonesian TV series called Simanis Jimbatan Ankle. Okay. Second to last ghost, the leek. In the Balinese folklore, leek or layak is a mythological figure in the form of a flying head along with its entrails and inner organs. In nearly the same way as the palisic, leek is actually a black magic practitioner who needs to feed on baby's blood in order to retain his power. Balinese believe that leeks have a mistress called the Queen of Leek, a widow witch named Rangda, who plays a prominent role in public rituals. Her mask is kept in the village's temple, and during various temple festivals, she is paraded. Besides leeks, demons are said to also be followers of Rangda. Leek is said to hunt graveyards feeding on corpses, and has the power to change itself into animals, such as pigs, and fly. In normal leek form, they are said to have unusually long tongues and large fangs. Okay, and the last ghost, which I want to talk a little bit more about, is the toil. Earlier, you were talking about Kumintang. You mentioned that to me, and you were like, oh, that sounds a lot like Kumintang, right? Yes. Um, so there is the equivalent of Kumintang in Indonesian culture, and it's called a tuyul or a toyol. The tuyul is a spirit of a child said to be invoked using an aborted baby and a shaman's black magic. They look like bald, strangely shaped toddlers, but with grayish skin and large red eyes. Used mainly by their owners for petty theft, they are kept in urns and jars. Oh, that is a kumintong. Yeah, it's literally, it's a kumintong. A toil or tuyul is an undead infant in Southeast Asian folklore. It appears in the mythology of Indonesia, Brunei, Malaysia, Thailand, and Singapore. It is invoked as a helper by shamans using black magic. This creature can be evoked to work with a human under its own terms. There are different methods to possess a toil. 1. Purchase a toil from a shaman. 2. Making use of an aborted baby and through special embalmment techniques. 3. Evoke a toil from its dwelling place. A toil is like an animal, so it needs to be treated as such. In order to foster a closer relationship with this creature, the below offerings should be presented. Mm. 1. A cup of milk every morning. 2. Toys, clothing, sweets, and biscuits. 3. A black candle and incense accompanied by spoken mantras. Four, some will smear some will smear a few drops of the owner's blood to the toil statue. A person who owns a toil uses it mainly to steal things from other people or to do mischief. According to a well-known superstition, if money or jewelry keep disappearing mysteriously from your house, a toil might be responsible. 
One way to ward off a toil is to place some needles under your money, for toils are afraid of being hurt by needles. According to Javanese mythology, the creature is believed to be kept by a person practicing black magic. Um, the word for black magic is seguhan toil. Pesugahan is derived from the Javanese word sugi, meaning rich. It is a kind of magic to help people to become rich instantly, but in exchange, he or she must perform some rituals or offering tumbal or sacrifice something to keep the toil happy. According to Javanese myth, toil can be kept for financial gain, but in exchange, a female family member must allow it to breastfeed from her, no. sucking, sucking her blood instead of milk. Ew. The toil is traditionally described as looking no different from a near-naked toddler. Modern depictions often give it a goblin-like appearance with green or gray skin, pointed ears, and clouded eyes. In old village tales, people keep toil for theft, sabotage, and other minor crimes. With special rituals, the toil can be made powerful and even commit murder. A person, a person who suddenly becomes wealthy without explanation is often suspected of using or keeping a toil. The toil is kept in a jar or an urn and is hidden away in a dark place until needed. What happens at the end of the contract is not very clear. It could be that the tablet, along with the urn, is buried in a graveyard with the relevant rituals and the spirit can be laid to rest. An alternative method to dispose of, of them is by putting them in the sea. If not properly disposed of, a toil gets passed down in a family through the generations. However, it can still get released by either the owner or the shaman to roam free. Without a master, it would stray into the jungle or visit homes as an observer without disturbing residents. Based on anecdote, a toil confessed that it likes to peek into people's lives apart from the occasional distraction of playing with any toys found within the house. Simply put, a toil is quite harmless without a master, but can turn to crime or mischief or worse under the command of an unscrupulous individual. After stealing, the only traces of its presence are its childlike footprints and tiny fingerprints found at the crime scene if it happened to have any dust on its hands and feet. Otherwise, people would not suspect that a toil had raided their premises. It has been said that if any family member of a bride or groom owns a toil, the toil will visit the newlywed couple before dawn and will suck the blood from the bride's toe until the bride wakes up. This is to enhance the toil's power, meaning after sucking the bride's toe, the toil shall become faster and stronger. It is crucial if the owner wants the toil to be more capable in stealing money. Although seemingly cunning, toils are supposedly not very intelligent. It is said that they are easily deceived by marbles or beans placed in certain parts of the house. The toil will start playing with those items until it forgets its task at the intended victim's house. Oh, so they're just like an Mon actual kid. <laughs> yeah. Money placed under mirrors has the potency to ward off toil due to the fear of their reflection. So what do you think of that, Natalia? I like that. At first I was like, no, toil is bad. And then I was like, oh, I want one. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's kind of interesting. And... You know, I found an article about a toil in Indonesia. This article is on c.mashable.com and it's called Indonesian Police Catch Kid Dressed Up as Toil to Prank Residents. That's amazing. And I'm just going to send you a picture of what this kid looks like. Like, I can't How believe he thought that this like would work. Baby? Right? Well, it's like very obvious that it didn't work and that's why he got caught. Okay, let's see. Okay, yeah, it's straight up just a kid, like, 
a kid that's wearing a diaper with his head shaved basically that's super funny and then like a cop standing in front of him like kid why are you making me do this right it's like the the cop is like lecturing him like this why are you doing this exactly so i'm gonna read you this article it's really short it was two in the morning in beji indonesia on july 13th when deepak police's jaguar team stumbled upon a toil a toil is a mischievous spirit that is short and stumpy like a child turns out the toil was not really a ghostly figure but a mischievous 13 year old youtuber filming a prank to scare residents (laughs) The kid, called A by police, was found topless with his upper body covered in white powder. At first, A and three or four friends were on the scene. His friends were 50 meters away shooting him for a video. The chief of the Jaguar team said to Compass, The Jaguar team is a special police unit that focuses on street crime. When they were about to get closer, the kid ran away. He ran and crouched behind a bush, but his body was all white and made him noticeable. It was only after he was caught that the kid revealed to police that he was a YouTuber making prank videos with his friends. We lectured him and told him not to repeat such behavior. Some residents got out of their house to check on what was happening. We asked some of them to take the boy home. Moral of the story, prank videos don't necessarily get you hits on YouTube. Sometimes they get you jail time. Oh, wait, did he actually Mm -hmm. go to jail? No, that's just what the article said. Oh, I hate when cops say stupid shit like that. It's like you already right. arrested or you already like told him off. Don't, you know, act like you took him to jail when you didn't. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I love that story, though. That's awesome. Yeah. I um, like that. And, then, and I've got one more toil article for you. Toil. Um, Is that what that thing that's like double, double toil and trouble? Oh, that would make it more interesting, wouldn't it? Let's just so go ahead this and say happened yeah. In yeah, let's just say, yeah. So this happened in Malaysia also doing, during the H1N1 pandemic. Uh, and this article comes from AsiaOne.com from the New Straits Times. And it says, A primary school in Maku, a coastal town in central Sarawak, is using Indonesian exorcists to drive out a toil, which has been causing havoc in the schools over the last few months. As an English daily reported that the exorcists spent Wednesday and Thursday nights last week conducting rituals to drive away the toil. Led by Kaye Tolib, the group admitted to the paper that they had tried to drive away the evil spirit, but it was not easy. It was not known if the attempt was successful. Anyway, that's the end of the article, but um, I just thought it was interesting that a lot of these spirits seem to come out during pandemics, and in, we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. So, are we going to start seeing an uptick in ghosts? I you sure tell me. Hope so. So, Natalia, what was your favorite story out of all the stories that I told you today about Indonesian ghosts during pandemic? Um, I definitely like the just random volunteers that are dressing up like corpses. <laughs> in the shrouds and just scaring people right. i know i thought that was pretty funny too and i really like i mean i think you led with the, one of the strongest one which was taking people and forcing them to stay in a haunted house for 14 <laughs> days that's great i love it and especially because this pandemic can be like kind of scary and overwhelming because we literally can't do anything and also everyone's afraid of dying and so yeah i thought it was like kind of fun to find um, some like haunted entertaining stories as they relate to pandemics because that's what our podcast is all about right we take something mm-hmm. scary and we laugh about it and we like find the entertainment in it you guys can just go ahead and you know bookmark us as haunted news we're your trusted news source for haunted news and news that we think is haunted yeah exactly we're basically invest as we've said we are investigative journalists um 
regurgitating to you some copy pasta from around the web. (laughs) Isn't that what the media is anyways? That is what the media is anyway. That's a great point, Natalia. What a succinct observation on the state of our um, modern media. I agree. We're better than them because at least we admit it. Right. You know, I also really fuck with those videos you sent me of that ghost just go or that pecan going straight up into the sky (laughs) i mean that okay so the things that are just like like stamped into my mind forever is this fucking seven thousand year old town and now a visual aid to go with that is that stupid ass ghost thing just going straight up into the sky yeah i agree i agree i think my favorite from this whole thing was the kid that pretended to be a toil when he like is very obviously a teenager that is wearing a diaper and has flour on his face. Yeah, I mean, that one I found interesting, but it, it just can't compare to that video of the pecan going straight up into the sky. Yeah, and, and the video of the pecan um, just disappearing in the forest that I kind mean, of you, looks like a crackhead. You find really scary videos, like that video of from of the gin that you showed me oh yeah 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 what did you guys think of that That did you did you guys um to the people that like follow us on instagram if you saw that video of the gin dm me and tell me what you thought of it because i was fucking scared you know regardless of whether that was a gin a witch or a crackhead like it doesn't (laughs) really matter to me because if i saw that i would shit my pants and possibly have a heart attack Right, and who says those things are all mutually exclusive? <laughs> Can't it be a witch, a crackhead, and a gin? You know what? That's why I appreciate your point of view, Natalia, because you're right. It could be all three of those. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't erase gin culture by saying they can't be crackheads <laughs> or witches. Thank you. Um, yeah. Do you want to do our sign-off, Natalia? I mean, that's this is overwhelming. Um, BRB, gotta go quarantine in a haunted ho- house for 14 days. Oh, wait, no. I, let me say a better one. Um, no, I don't have a better one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Uh, follow us on all of our social media. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Sources for this episode came from MyGhostStories.com, Wattpad, Reddit, Wikipedia, CNN End of the World Doomsday video on TheGuardian.com, COVID-19 Indonesia Locks Quarantine Violators in Haunted House on ChannelNewsAsia.com, Pakong, Six Scary Things You Probably Didn't Know About This Malaysian Ghost by GoodyFeed Team on GoodyFeed.com, Ghost Pekong caught on camera via metatube.com. Pekong out to keep residents in by Ganug Nugroho Adi and Marcus Makur via the Jakarta Post. Ghosts scare Indonesians into social distancing to slow coronavirus spread by Yaren Steinbuck via the NewYorkPost.com. Pekong encounters leave villagers feverish and worried via thestar.com.my. The YouTube video titled Indonesian Real Ghost, uploaded by Willie Guitara. 
Ten Times a Pekong was caught on camera by Victoria Tangano via Brilio.net. Twelve Pictures Reveal the Origin of Indonesia's Famous Scariest Ghosts by Retno Wulandari on Brilio.net. Indonesian Police Catches Kid Dressed Up as Toil to Prank Residents via sea.mashable.com. Exorcists from Indonesia to Drive Out Toil via the New Straight Times on asia1.com. Urban Legends Turn to South Jakarta Cemetery into Spot for Thrill-Seeking Tourists by Nina A. Loasana via the Jakarta Post. And royalty-free music for this episode is brought by artist Miu, spelled M-Y-U-U, and the name of the track used is Abyss. Thank you for listening. See you next week.